0: Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. All right, quick quick, um, Christmas survey here, quick Christmas survey. How many of you, raise of hands, you have started your Christmas shopping? Come on, come on Look at you, look at you go. Look at you go. All right. How about my people? How many of you refuse to start your Christmas shopping? Come on. There, there's there's my people right there. All right. I know there's one other group, and you just want me to call you out. So I'm gonna give you some love. Everybody get ready, look around the room. How many of you, raise of hands, have finished your Christmas shopping? Yeah. you overachievers yeah we bow to you yeah <laughs> oh man christmas is a a blur isn't it it comes and then wow it is it is here it is like a marathon length sprint thanksgiving christmas new years decorate shop wrap Celebrate family gatherings oh those family gatherings and then somewhere in the middle of that you realize you've actually got real work to do and you've got things you said I'd finish before the end of the year and man it is, it is game on is there any wonder that this season can just feel <laughs> exhausting I mean it's just exhausting so I thought we would start this whole season uh, talking a little bit about a good night's sleep. That felt like a right place to begin. Like, before we, before we dive in and get exhausted, let's maybe step back and talk about a good night's sleep. And it turns out there's a story in Matthew chapter 1 that includes this it's a it's a passing reference but i think under it is something that's useful for for all of us let me let me read it to you matthew chapter one these stories are all familiar i won't be surprising you with anything over the next few weeks here's what matthew says in verse 18 he said this is how jesus the messiah was born so, Matthew, in writing this biography, wants you to know, in the most basic terms, how it happened. He wants you to know what happened. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But, you'll famously remember this but, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the ho- power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a, that's a loaded sentence right there, right? Just, wow. The next verse transitions to uh, the second character in this story, Joseph. And it says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, and next it just describes him. It says, he was a righteous man. And he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So, a little bit of context is probably helpful here. Joseph and Mary were engaged, and the the, the engagement process of the day was pretty significant. It was it, it was more than our engagement process today. It was. It was akin to a marriage, and you, to, to break it, was something significant. And really, Joseph had two options. In the day, and if you read through Scripture, you'll see both of these terms. On one hand, he could divorce her, right? He could, he could literally give a bill of divorcement for cause. He could, he could be done with it, And if he put the bill of divorcement out, literally take it to the city gates, file the legal thing, settle it, show the reason, claim, I'm not the father of this child, it would bring to her great public disgrace. The other option he had was something called putting away. In the Old Testament, we see this practice quite frequently. And, and when you put someone away, you see, men had the right, men only had the right, to either issue a bill of divorcement or to simply put someone away. And putting away was simply abandonment. I'm done with you, I'm not interested in you, I'm moving on, but doesn't give her a bill of divorcement. In fact, this is what in the Old Testament it says that God hates because it didn't allow that woman to move on and begin a new life. And that's why putting away brought shame on the man. Because God said he hated it. And Joseph had decided that rather than put shame on her, through a bill of divorcement and an issuing of the cause, he would put her away and take shame on himself. As you can imagine, this was going to upend his life. Not only was he taking shame on himself, but he was, all of his dreams, all of his hopes, the life he had he had wished for was now falling apart in front of him. It's no wonder he couldn't sleep. And in this passage we read, it seems like he's he's laying down and he's tossing and he's turning because his life has been upended. And he's about to take on himself the public shame of having put a pregnant woman away and walking away from her. But he doesn't see any other way out. He doesn't believe this story. And he knows it's not his. It's no wonder he couldn't sleep. Let me read to you what happens next. It says, As he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, He did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. I just want to call out a little, uh, uh, you might miss it. It says when Joseph woke up, so somewhere in the tossing and turning and this message comes to him, it gives him, and this isn't the kind of message that you would think would put you to sleep, but it actually gives him an unexpected rest this simple message and it's wrapped up in this little phrase god is with us Hmm. god is with us something about god is with us is meant to change like everything it's meant to be the thing that lets us sleep at night when everything in life would say you should be awake, tossing and turning. But there's something about God is with us. It's meant to give us rest. I, I think we, we pass over that so fast, as if, as if we, 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 we say God is with us, and we go, yeah, 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 but... Isn't God always with us? But that's... That's precisely not the point of this passage, right? There's a there, there's a there's a sense, a very real sense, that in Jesus Christ, God was going to be with us in a way that He was not previously with us. I think sometimes we get lulled into this like theological malpractice of thinking God is everything and God is not everything. God is pantheism says God is that chair and God is this table and God is that microphone, but that's not Christianity and that's not what it means when it's says God is with us he he, he's saying something here that that in a way that wasn't true before the world is changing and that in the person of Jesus Christ God will be with us and that's meant to give us rest because listen the 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 opposite of that is that we are it (laughs) it's just me it's all on me, and it's all up to me. And let me tell you something. Me is exhausting. If it's all me, and it's all up to me, I'm tired already. In fact, here's what I would say. if, In general, if you're exhausted, and you can't sleep, and worrying is consuming your life, then somewhere rooted in that is an absence Of this idea, of this awareness that God is with me. And we've come to just believe in me. It's me, it's up to me. And just me is exhausting. I watched a commercial, this is about a year ago. And uh, Macy's, for the past decade plus, has been doing an annual uh, advertising campaign. You've seen this. It's called Believe, and it's tied to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And they come up with amazing commercials every year. And last year, about this time, uh, there was a commercial came on. And, and I don't remember all the context, but, but Santa. And, you know, it's always, you know, Santa, and there's a little girl, and she's cute as can be. And, and he's going to say, you just have to believe. Now, listen, I'm, I don't want to be like a Grinch. I totally get it. Like, like, I don't expect culture to, like, say you have to believe in baby Jesus or something like that. I get it. I know, it's about, I know it's about, like, you know, in the context of that commercial, it's Santa, and Santa's supposed to say to this little girl, you just have to believe in me, and it will all come true. And, and Santa looks at her, and he says, like, in this most earnest voice, you just have to believe in yourself. And I'm like, what? You, you're telling this little. I, you have to believe in yourself. I don't want to believe in myself. It's Christmas time. I don't want to shop for myself. I don't want to pay for my own presents. I don't even want to wrap my own presents. I don't want to believe in myself. I. Because in myself, is exhausting, it's all up to me. If I don't do it, it doesn't get done, and it's exhausting, and... The message of Christmas is that God is with us. And it's not up to me. And that is meant give us rest. Now you're thinking, well, how does that work? <laughs> how, does, how does God with us give us rest? Let me give you one way, and I think it's one of the most important ways, because it touches on so many areas of our life. You see, God with us gives me rest from everything I can't control. See, here's my guess. You've got stuff in your life right now that you can't control. And it's a problem. There's a person... There's stuff. And you can't fix it. You can't control it. And you can't change it. And it's a problem and it doesn't go away. It especially doesn't go away when you go to sleep. But see, God, with us is literally meant to be the solution to the things I can't control. <laughs> Let me tell you what you can't control. Just in case you were looking for a list, this is a great Christmas list things you can't control. Let's start with people. <laughs> I know some of you are thinking, oh, no, no, I can control people. I'm really good at it. But there's a limit, and it's a painful limit, isn't it? Their approval can't control it. Their actions can't control it. And what do you do with the rejection and the disappointment and the hurt of the actions of others. (laughs) If you've got nowhere to go with it and it's all up to you, it's it's exhausting. But, if God is with us, this changes something about how I interact with people. You see, if God is with us, their rejection doesn't define me because I'm already defined. I mean, what could more define me than the presence of God in my life? The reality of Jesus Christ in my life. What could define me more than that? And no longer does the approval or acceptance of people hold that inordinate sway over my life. And their actions, and they might be disappointing and they might be hurtful, but you, you see, God with us doesn't mean that I abandon people and I can all of a sudden, I got God with me. I don't need you. But it does mean that I can create healthy boundaries and love you without needing your acceptance and approval, and your actions no longer determine my joy and happiness because we can't control people here's something else you can't control your circumstances i know some of us are masters at like navigating through life and moving all the pieces and and for those of you who are really 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 good at it you're like masters of the universe This is even harder because you know there's a limit to what you can control and that limit terrifies you. Hmm. What do you do when nothing happens that you want it to happen? What do you do when the thing you need to change doesn't change? What do you do with waiting? Waiting. Waiting. You you see, this is where the the presence of God, like this this idea that God is with us, changes everything because it allows me to let go of artificial timelines. Oh, this has to be. This has to be. This person, this thing... But if God is with us, then he's not done. My artificial timeline for when this had to happen and when it has to look a certain way suddenly evaporates because God's with me. And if he's with me, he's, he's not done. Even though I think he should have been done and I wish he would have been done, he's not done and he's, he's still there. He's still with us. Do you see how God with us releases us from the things we can't control? Let me give you one other thing you can't control. Tomorrow. You can't control tomorrow. I mean, we spend an inordinate amount of time and energy trying to control tomorrow and trying to predict tomorrow, and we can't. Take an inventory of everything in your life you're worried about. And I'll bet That most everything on that list has an element to it that's in the future. Those worries are built on things if, if, if. You see, tomorrow is a bully and it loves to pick on today. Have you noticed that? Tomorrow just won't leave today alone. It just messes with today. This is why the scriptures say, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's enough. But tomorrow won't leave today alone. Tomorrow is obsessed with picking on today, and it's why many of us simply cannot enjoy the present because we're too consumed with tomorrow. Tomorrow's a bully, and it won't leave today alone. And in a very, very practical way, this passage is speaking to us about the singular idea that God with us, changes how we deal with things we can't control. Let me finish with a couple of passages of scripture. These are so good. I just want you to kind of lean in and listen to what they're saying. In the Gospel of John, which is another of the biographies of Jesus, John records it this is what Jesus said. And Jesus said, "I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. So Jesus is coming towards the the end of his ministry and he's preparing people and he's preparing them for his absence. And so he says, the father is going to give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. And I love this passage. It just become one of those verses that's been meaningful to me. I'm with you and later... I'll be in you. Do you see what Jesus, Jesus is saying to his disciples? Listen, right now, I'm with you. I'm with you. You're, 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 you're seeing my tangible presence, but I'm not done. I'm going to go away, but I'm not, I'm not going away. I will be in you. You, you see, the, the, the meaning of the resurrected Jesus Christ is that he is alive, and through the, the supernatural work of Jesus Christ, he is in us I'll be with you and I'll be in you do, do you see God is with us and then he goes to the cross and for a moment we're terrified that the story is over but what he's saying is I will be I am with you and I will be in you his presence in our life God is with us us is meant to change everything. Let me read to you one more passage. It's from Colossians chapter 3. We read this this summer when we were working through the book of Colossians verse by verse and i said then that it's one of my favorite passages and i just want to revisit it again because in this sense it's so important it's like it's like a it's like a a practical it's like a handle you can take and you can apply this idea of god is with us and you can apply it in a practical way that actually helps you to overcome the things in life you can't control so here's the practical way he says this in verse 1 since You have been raised to new life with Christ. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, since you've had this new life, since you've encountered Jesus, since you've said yes to him, and he's come to dwell in you, watch this. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Now, now, if if you've got your Bibles open, you might circle that word set, like set your sights. Set your sights. This is what matters. This kingdom, this place, this way of seeing the world, the kingdom of heaven, God's world, God's way, God is with us. Look at the world through this. Let this. Set your mind on that place. Think, verse 2, think, about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Like, listen, I just like like. Whoa, slow down. Think. Take your mind. Focus your mind. Rest. Set yourself. Fill your mind with the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Uh, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. I'm I'm tossing and turning at night, I'm worried, I'm I'm obsessing about tomorrow and I'm obsessing about circumstances and people and he says, No, no, you can do it. For you died to this life. You died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. Listen, he's, here's what he's saying. He's saying this, since you've been raised to new life, since you've encountered Jesus, this is your new life. Set your mind on this. Fill your mind with this. Park your mind here, not there. You have a choice to make at what you fill your mind with. Did you ever park in the wrong space? Went downtown shopping? You knew it was illegal, but you did it anyway. I didn't ever do it, but you know, I'm just asking if you did. I'll just be a minute. We went down uh, downtown yesterday. Tammy and I did, did a little little Christmas shopping. And uh, when we got down there, we realized that they were emptying Main Street for the, the Christmas stroll. So it said no parking, like one to nine. And of course, there were, there were cars still everywhere and the police were trying to clear them out. And we parked down past where they were clearing out and then we walked back in. And we were in the store. And while we're in the store, this happened two different times. The police walked into the store Are any of you parked on the street? Which is very kind of them, by the way. Are any of you parked in a place you shouldn't be parked in? Because at two, we're going to tow your car. That's what they they said, at two. And I looked at my watch real quick, and I I was like, I had to do a double take. I think I'm good. I think so. Is that space good? And when we left the store, I looked at my watch. It was quarter of, and I said, let's run. (laughs) Just in case. You have a choice about where you park your mind. You have a choice about what you dwell on. You have a choice about what you obsess about. The things you can't control, the people you can't control, the circumstances, tomorrow. You have a choice of where you park your mind. You say, Ben, my mind's got a mind of its own. I got no control. Well, you have control. Park your mind here. Set your mind here. Fill your mind with this. That's what he's saying here in Colossians. You want a practical way to do it? Take these verses. Commit them to memory. Since you've been raised, to new life in Christ. Set your mind on the things of heaven. For you, you died when Christ died. And your real life Your new life is hid in Jesus Christ. That's the way you should look at the world. And that's where rest comes from when my mind stops swirling with all the things I can't control and rests in Him. One last thing. That verse begins by saying, Since you have been raised to new life in Jesus Christ. You see, this whole journey of God with us in this world begins when I say yes to Him, when I embrace Him as my Savior, when I welcome Him into my life, and I am literally raised to new life. That's where it all begins. And today, maybe for you, you've not yet taken that step, that step of saying yes to Jesus Christ and welcoming him in. And if that's the first step for you, as we get ready to close, I'd like to give you a chance to do that. Would you bow with me? We bow our heads and we close our eyes just in this This simple act that we do each week is a way of sort of separating ourselves from what's around us, what's behind us, what's in front of us, so that we can hear what maybe God is saying to us. Maybe you feel like God is calling you to say yes to his gift of salvation, to new life. Inviting him once and for all into your life as your Savior. I can't think of a better way to begin this Christmas. So, if that's you, let me invite you to close with a simple prayer of faith something like this. Dear God, I say yes to you. Jesus Christ, I say yes to your gift of salvation, of forgiveness. I invite you into my life. Help me now to live my life fully for you. I pray. In Jesus' name.